0: Hi, this is Sharice Kenyon, and you're listening to the Beauty Me podcast, all about beauty beyond the BS. This week, it's a really chill, chatty kind of opinion podcast, kind of like a think piece, but audio. I just thought I would share what's been on my mind lately, and I'd love for you to jump in when you feel like it. Tag me when you're listening. Send me a DM over on Instagram at podcast. Let me know your thoughts on this subject and feel free to email me beautymepodcast at gmail.com. I've been thinking about the concept of retouching lately. I've been wondering as a photographer, as a beauty writer and a consumer, do we really need it? Although I doubt it was ever something that consumers needed. I don't think we needed it. In fact, it started out as something that photographers could rely on. Since Photoshop was first developed in 1987 and then launched by Adobe in 1990, the founders thought that the software might sell a few hundred copies a month to a kind of niche audience. But today it has become, Photoshop in particular, has become the go-to for photographers. There is other software around, but Photoshop is the one that most people would use. I don't use it myself, I use um, Lightroom, which is also by Adobe. I think it gives like a softer finish, but more on my approach to retouching later, Photoshop has become the go-to. It helps photographers to refine the end result that they've envisioned in their mind, or perhaps what their client has envisioned, and it helps brands to create an absolutely perfect image to encourage us to purchase a product. I feel personally that retouching has become so super refined. You can't tell really that it's there unless you're looking for it. I feel that it does a very good job of tricking us. And I think that's what bothers me, much in the same way that filters might when people use them on social media. But I feel with social media in mind, if you can have someone like Sasha Polari, who is the creator of the No Filter hashtag and Online Activist, She's made the ad industry wake up and encourage brands. They haven't told them to stop, but they've encouraged brands to stop working with influencers who use filters on social media. So it means that influencers plugging a product that they've only used for a week shouldn't be using filters to promote that product. What Sasha has done has made an impact. So I'm wondering why the older forms of media aren't catching up. Many of us want to see real people, real bodies, real skin, real scars. You know, Kendrick Lamar said it in one of his songs. I'm so f- sick and tired of the Photoshop. It's those things that make us human and make it easier for us to relate to each other when we show those those real flaws. But when it comes to ads... In 2022, we're still seeing, you know, extra eyelashes added in, hair being thickened to convince us to buy a shampoo, smooth skin when it's a product that's aimed at anti-aging, or worse still, no wrinkles whatsoever. So the celebrity you're looking at, say Nicole Kidman, will just almost look alien-like because they have no wrinkles. And I say celebrities because it's not just ads that are doing it magazine editorials have long been known for refining the images of their models and lately I feel that some of the most hotly anticipated magazine covers that you know will mostly be celebrities these days I just feel the retouching is going this really really in and I I don't know why I feel like it's just getting hyper real but not not in such a glamorous way more just sort of kind of scary and I don't mean scary cool like alien like I just mean scary. To keep me on track I'm just going to refer to three quite recent magazine covers because they're the ones that have probably annoyed me the most. It doesn't mean that other examples don't exist you know from even decades ago. And while I was prepping this episode, I definitely saw some really interesting stories. People like Zendaya, Reese Witherspoon actually calling magazines out and saying, hey, that's not what I looked like in the original photograph, which I think is very refreshing. But yeah, I've picked just three images, three stories rather for this chat. So the first cover that really annoyed me was Naomi Campbell's British folk cover for March 2022. In this issue, you know, Naomi is the supermodel. She's probably the only 90s supermodel that's still actively working right now. Let me know if I'm wrong. Let me know if I've forgotten somebody because I am big on my supermodels. So she is the story and her becoming a mother for the first time in her 50s. That is a major story. But instead of celebrating Naomi and her story, she was airbrushed to the max. Even her signature sharp cheekbones just didn't look right. It was as if they wanted to make Naomi look 20 years younger because then she would be The perfect example of what a glamorous supermodel mother should look like. It really annoyed me. And I feel that it took a lot away from Naomi herself, who looks amazing. She's still doing runway. Like she did it this week next to Kim Kardashian for Balenciaga. Why did Naomi have to be turned into someone decades younger? Did Vogue think her real face would discourage people from buying the magazine? Then in May this year, we had Rihanna's US Vogue cover. I personally think Annie Leibovitz cannot photograph women of colour anymore. I said it, I'm putting it into the universe, maybe Anna Winter can get in touch with me. I just think, as somebody who has admired Annie's work for decades, Annie made Rihanna look tired, yellow and insipid. And I've commented on her poor editing of women of colour in the past, by the way. This is nothing new, if you follow me you'll know I am very not supportive of Annie Leibovitz's editing, colouring approach to women of colour. A recent example would have been the Simone Biles cover, which is an absolute waste of time on Simone's time. I felt that was also for US Vogue. There's a reason why Annie keeps getting these jobs. That's probably a story for another day. But the Rihanna shoot in particular, it wasn't just the colouring that bothered me. It was as if the retouch department had given Rihanna this, like... She had like this thick neck, like she was a wrestler or something. And there's nothing wrong with being a wrestler. But it kind of made her look twisted in a death becomes a kind of way. You know that bit when the Meryl Streep character falls down the stairs and she gets back up and her neck's all twisted, but she doesn't realise. When this shoot came out, everybody was gushing over the shots of pregnant Rihanna. And I just couldn't stop looking at the fact that she was yellow and she had this thick neck. So the third and final story i wanted to talk about is beyonce she's about to launch what is going to be the album of the year undoubtedly everybody's already rinsing and rinsing break my soul on tiktok and everywhere and it is a great song i love how it's definitely thrown back to what i feel is a very european 90s sound so you can rest assured with this album coming, Beyonce is going to be everywhere. There's going to be so many covers. And the first that's really stood out is the British Vogue cover. The glam team killed it. Sir John is Beyonce's long-term makeup artist. I am obsessed with him. I'm obsessed with his work. I think he's amazing. And I'm about to sign up for his makeup masterclass. For the British Vogue shoot, he just, it was like, he just took this opportunity to go all out. It was a series of really glossy vibes that seemed to touch on different eras and cultures, and they work so well with the sculptural looks that Hair Pro Jawara created. But again, for me, I'm thinking someone in the retouch department got a little too happy. In some of the shots, I feel that Beyoncé's bone structure has kind of been flattened out. It's just different. She's She hasn't got the most, she's not like Naomi Campbell with a very angular face, but I feel like she just looks a lot more flat and the lips look different in some of the pictures and there's also a little bit of a weird neck thing going on, a little bit thick. To me, she doesn't look like Beyonce in all of the pictures and I say that as a fan. Don't get me wrong though, as mentioned, Sir John's makeup skills are epic And when I watched his TikTok behind the scenes of the shoot, you can really see how his craft was used to really change Beyonce's features. So even before the camera was there, he was working on just really transforming her. And I get that. I feel like she's playing different characters for this album. So John's makeup really reminded me of the late Kevin O'Kwan, a makeup artist who was known for almost erasing his model's face and then recreating a completely new shape through makeup in Sir John's video you can see how he contoured and highlighted Beyonce's nose it's almost like quite narrow different to what you might normally see and he really exaggerated her top lip too it's like a really rounded plump shape so again I think he definitely changed the shape it's definitely not just about the retouch department here I think the shoe like I said before is just about really pushing boundaries and having fun with makeup But I do think we can still see obvious retouching. And it just made me want to ask, do we really need to continue to go to such lengths to perfect a cover? Do we really need to perfect these already perfect faces? Maybe it's the social media influence. I'm just not sure. Recently, makeup artist Isamaya French appeared on episode 417 of beauty podcast Fat Mascara. And in it, she said she feels the reason everyone is leaning into the looks of the 90s and Y2K is because that was the last era where we weren't so perfected and honed. I think she mentions Britney Spears or um, Paris Hilton, you know, like they'd be like at a club and their eyeliner would be smudged and it just wasn't perfect. But now everything's perfect. You can become so perfect. It's actually become a little bit boring and also... I think it's a bit of a trap. For instance, the Kardashians, they've been known to completely edit images to such an extreme that in the past people have commented that arms and hands have been removed or put where they shouldn't be. But does that mean that it's down to these individuals and not the media? Because if these individuals are so committed to homogenous perfection, perhaps the magazines feel they have to go along with that image too to to keep it alive. And also of course to lure us into purchasing a copy. Don't get me wrong some magazines do choose to occasionally run unedited covers and I'm definitely not talking about the niche titles here. I know many smaller titles won't retouch but in the UK the bigger magazines maybe I think Glamour magazine has done it on occasion and the Boots in Store magazine regularly uses untouched imagery on the cover. Boots is like one of the major chemists slash beauty stores over here. In the US, I'm not sure if any magazines have a no retouch policy, but back in 2020, beauty brand Olay promised that they would no longer use retouching in their ads. I need to check if that's still the case though, because I just, I don't know, I'd be surprised. But let me know, you might know of a brand that never uses retouching or a magazine. And let me know if you know that Olay stuck to their promise, my US listeners, let me know. From a personal viewpoint, as a photographer, I let clients know from the beginning that I don't do invasive retouching. Maybe I'll remove some texture or brighten up under eyes, but I will never change somebody's jawline, perfect an ear. I really want to just show who that person is in their best light as as best as I can. But that doesn't mean a paying client couldn't then go and get those images retouched. And I think that's, again, why I'm torn, because maybe it's a personal thing and not an industry thing. We kind of like to blame the industry, but maybe there's some, you know, there's some part of us or part of celebrities, at least, that wants to keep up this narrative of perfection. And it's on that note, it's on that kind of me being torn that I feel I should acknowledge that it might not be down to the magazine or even the photographer's team. It could actually be Naomi, Rihanna, Beyonce, whoever, requesting these edits because, you know, they might edit an Instagram image to make themselves appear flawless. So maybe it's the same for a magazine cover. And I'm guessing they very likely got final approval on these shots before we even saw them. So that kind of makes it a little bit weirder for me. And maybe it's a little bit sad because... It sounds like the celebrities themselves feel that they are not perfect and that they will always have to enhance their appearance for us, the audience. So I don't know what what will that look like as they age and what happens if they're going to these lengths to perfect their image and then their fans see them in real life and the two versions don't gel let me know what you think. I feel like I could go on a lot longer about this. Um, I think it would be really cool to discuss this with somebody, perhaps somebody that's part of the industry, perhaps a celebrity that doesn't believe in retouching, perhaps a more mature model. Let me know what you think. Or do you think I'm overreacting and it's just part of beauty? You know, it's just part of this industry that it's become. Do you accept retouching as part of the media? Or do you think it's time that I don't know, maybe some magazines ruled it out completely. Let me know over in the DMs at Beauty me Podcast or email me beautymepodcast at gmail.com. If you enjoyed this episode, do please give it a review or rating and definitely share it with a friend who might be interested. Finally, did you know that I have a newsletter? you can sign up for it at beautymenotes.substack.com for free and it'll just give you an insight into what I've been up to this week and other things that have been on my mind. See you next time.